Oh my goodness. Good morning, good afternoon. Whatever it is for you, I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports, episode 271. Hope you're doing well. This episode will be very short. Um, going to family dinner tonight. It's a it's, There's a birthday happening. And um, I'm wearing a, a really fun shirt. It's a, because I, I wish I was at the beach, if I'm totally honest. And it's really comfortable, and I don't care as much today. Going to be very short. We're doing three and a half topics, basically. I want to start with this. Um, Renault protested Racing Point's car, the legality of Racing Point's car in Formula One. Uh, they were accusing them of copying Mercedes's car from last year, which Racing Point did admit, hey, we looked at pictures, we copied the car, uh, but we just didn't have help from Mercedes in theory. Uh, the investigation has been concluded. Honestly, I'll be totally, totally honest. I'm a little bit uncomfortable talking about this Racing Point story because there's so much seemingly meaningless nonsense going on in this story where it's like, and my, what I mean by that is there's a lot of nerdy technical stuff that I don't think actually matters to the outcome for you and me, the fans of Formula One. There's a lot of stuff like some teams said, we don't like the, we don't like the result of the protest. We're going to protest the result of the protest. Everyone's just, there's a lot of politics going on. But what matters in this story to me, most importantly, is that Racing Point has been fined 400,000, I guess it's not dollars, it's euros, because I'm in America, they're in, they're in Europe. Uh, so Racing Point has been fined 400,000 euros. It's a solid amount. Uh, it's a lot. And, and I, really, I guess, if you're designing a car for 250 million, it's not really that much in the scheme of things. Uh, for, but for, I think, for Formula One fines, I, got, I believe that um, Kimi Raikkonen was fined, like, less than $5,000 earlier in the year. So by the standards of Formula One, what I've seen is people saying this is a really hefty fine. But what's even more important to me is that Racing Point has been deducted and had 15 points taken away from their campaign in the Constructors' Cup. So Racing Point loses 15 points. They also got fined 400,000 euros by the FIA. And interestingly enough, what I think is really key here, though, is that Racing Point will not be forced to redesign their car. They can keep their car as is. So the protest was, you know, centering around the brake ducts, which are uh, how air gets into the brake ducts for coolant, basically. And they looked nearly identical as Mercedes' car from last year, from 2019. If you looked at them from the outside, it looked like a carbon copy. Um, the protest and the inquiry and the investigation was all about what's happening on the inside. And so despite the fine and the points reduction, racing points being allowed to keep their car as it is, which is a big deal. They don't need to redesign anything. And their car is a solid car as it is. So Racing Point now has 27 points in the Constructors' Cup uh, championship, what do you call the, uh, their campaign this year. Uh, they're down from having 42 points previously. And Racing Point fell from, sixth, uh, from fifth down to sixth. They went from fifth place to sixth place in the Constructors' Cup standings. And to me, what is most important here is not the technical stuff, not really the money, uh, the points matter, but really what's most important here is that the FIA, the governing body of Formula One, is sending a message to other teams. Do not copy other cars. I actually believe that Racing Point's car is fine. I, don't, I, I think the fine and the, the punishment here is not about the legality of the car. The punishment here was the FIA telling other teams, you cannot, and discouraging other teams from copying other cars as their strategy in designing a car. I was talking to someone on Patreon, and they pointed out to me, this person on Patreon pointed out that 
Red Bull is exactly why copying cars needs to be discouraged because you look at Red Bull, they have two teams in Formula One. It's a good example of this, why you don't want it. Red Bull has Red Bull Racing and Alpha Tauri. And if they could run the exact same specs on all four of their cars every single weekend, they'd have a massive advantage because they have two cars of Red Bull Racing and two cars from Alpha Tauri. If all four were identical, then they would have an advantage where they could run the specs and make adjustments based on four cars and have four cars with four sets of data coming into their, their offices to help them make adjustments. It would be an advantage. Red Bull has two teams. They have Alpha Tauri, Red Bull Racing, but and even though they're similar cars, they're similar cars with Honda engines, they're still different. They have different design on the inside because they were designed separately. And the FIA did what they felt was right, which was to send a message that we don't want other teams to use copying as part of their strategy in designing a car. That makes sense to me. I think that is the key behind why Racing Point got the punishment they did. And you know what? If that's what the FAA wants, I think they're right to uh, say that. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is from Patreon. Raymond wrote in on Patreon, if I can find it on my phone. Come on, phone. Come on. Raymond writes in. He says, hey, Zach, I'm new to the whole Patreon thing, but I'm a longtime listener. I love your new F1 content, although I am new to the sport. I was just wondering what your thoughts are on doing something along the lines of storylines heading into blank race. To help viewers like me that mainly come from football but are enjoying your F1 content and looking to understand more about the sport. Raymond, that's a great idea. Let's do it. Uh, This morning I woke up at 6 a.m. for qualifying for the 70th anniversary Grand Prix at Silverstone. And, you know, there's a race tomorrow. It's going to be really fun. And the number one storyline to me is um, whether or not Nico Hulkenberg can finish with a podium positioning. So Valtteri Bottas is going to be the pole position for tomorrow because of qualifying. Uh, Lewis Hamilton finished second in qualifying. He'll be behind Valtteri. And my again, my third favorite storyline, Nico Hulkenberg filling in for Racing Point is third. Starting fourth is Max Verstappen for Red Bull. Starting fifth is Daniel Ricciardo for Renault. So Nico Hulkenberg, I'm a big fan of the guy. Seems like a good dude. I follow him on social media. And I know social media is not a great representation of somebody, but everything I've seen from Nico Hulkenberg makes him seem like a, a likable dude who's had an interesting journey in Formula One. Now, he got uh, replaced at Renault last year. He, he raced for Renault last year. In the offseason, Renault replaced him with Esteban Ocon. Said, hey, Nico, we're done. Goodbye. And uh, the reason why Nico Hulkenberg is such a great story in Formula One this weekend is he's been racing since 2010. He raced for Williams. He raced for... Force India, he raced for Sauber, he raced for uh, Renault at the end, and he's never been on a Formula One podium. Never finished a race in the top three. And I believe he was a good racer who honestly was constantly let down by his team and constantly let down by his car. And since Sergio Perez tested positive for coronavirus, you know, a week and a half, two weeks ago, Nico Hulkenberg is filling in for his spot with Racing Point. And last week, filling in for the spot, Nico didn't actually get to race because right before the race, Racing Point's car had a problem and Nico couldn't go. Nico, I'd never seen the annotation DNS, did not start the race, but Nico didn't start the race. His car literally wasn't working. They couldn't get out of the garage and it didn't happen. Really sad. Now this weekend, Nico Hulkenberg has a great opportunity 
with a fairly good Racing Point car. You know, there's Mercedes, then Red Bull. Then maybe Racing Point is the third best car on the circuit this year. He's got a good car. And he's been driving it for over a week now. So basically, Nico is as comfortable as he possibly could be in this situation. He, you know, last week he'd gotten to, uh, he'd gotten to the UK and started driving the car like off the plane, driving the car races two days later, right? He didn't really have a lot of time to familiarize himself with the car. This time, he's, hey, he's drive, driven the car for a week. He's been around the car for a long time. He's about as comfortable as he could possibly be in a situation filling in for another driver. And he qualified well. Nico got uh, third. He's in P3 starting the race tomorrow. He qualified very well. And there's another thing working in Nico's favor in his pursuit of getting a podium spot tomorrow. Valtteri Bottas is the uh, starting in first place for Mercedes. Now, his teammate, Lewis Hamilton, is in second. And Lewis Hamilton is the dominant racer right now in Formula One. And at some point in tomorrow's race, whether it's during a pit stop, but I think what's going to happen is at some point, Lewis Hamilton is going to come up behind Valtteri Bottas and try to pass him. And that could actually work very much in favor of Nico Hulkenberg. Maybe there's an incident. Maybe that gives Nico a big opportunity. Nico's driven 177 Formula One races and never finished on the podium. That's a record. It's a not a good record to have. The next second highest guy raced in 200 and or sorry, 128 races. 128, Nico 177, never had a podium. And this might really be the time that Nico finally gets a podium. I, I'm telling you, it's possible the Mercedes collide tomorrow because it's, you know, if, if Lewis Hamilton was on pole position, I'd feel a lot better about Mercedes not having a problem. But Lewis Hamilton is aggressive. He wants to win. And I think he's willing to sacrifice his team to try and get a victory over Valtteri Bottas. Now, I think that's stupid, and I, I might be wrong there, because if you do the math, well, hey, getting second, you know, you're getting 18th. Last week, your, ride, your teammate didn't get any points in the driver's standing, so he could do fine just finishing second if that's what happens. But I don't believe that. The racer and Lewis Hamilton, I don't think is going to let him just stay behind Valtteri Bottas the entire time. So I am, I am rooting for Nico Hulkenberg. I hope he gets a podium. That's a storyline I want. However, I will be clear, I'm not hopeful that's going to happen. And maybe it's because I try to guard my heart. But if the Mercedes don't run into each other, and if Max Verstappen finishes the race at all for Red Bull, then it's very unlikely, in my opinion, that Nico Hulkenberg is going to get a podium finish. You've got Baltas, you've got Lewis Hamilton, you have Max Verstappen. All of them are too good a racers in too good of cars to not grab a podium finish. I don't know how Nico Hulkenberg breaks into the top three over all three of those guys, assuming nothing goes wrong. Now, there are also other storylines. Nico Hulkenberg is not the only storyline, even though to me, it's the most impactful, most interesting storyline in this weekend. Alex Albin, Max Verstappen's teammate uh, at Red Bull, has been really inconsistent this year. And in fact, you know, in qualifying yesterday, Alpha Tauri, the other Red Bull team, had... Pierre Gasly, you know, finished in seventh. He's starting P7 tomorrow in the race. And it's very interesting that last year, Pierre Gasly was slowly struggling as Max Verstappen's teammate. He got replaced mid-year by Alex Albin. Now, the same thing's happening to Alex Albin. He's struggling. Pierre Gasly seems to be doing better. They're both controlled by Red Bull. Maybe Red Bull says, hey, Alex, if you're not doing good, we're going to replace you with Pierre Gasly. I don't know. 
But the pressure is on Alex Albin this weekend. He starts in P9 this week, and I'm curious to see how he does. There's also the battle in the Constructors' Cup between McLaren, Ferrari, Renault, and Racing Point. They are all battling for either third place or best of the rest. Two of, them are, two of those teams are probably going to get it. Two of them are going to miss out. And it's going to be really fun to see how the results play out this weekend. There's other, you know, the other question is what's going to happen to Lance Stroll, the other Racing Point driver? Is he going to get shown up by Nico Hulkenberg this week? Is Nico Hulkenberg going to make it clear he is a much better racer than Lance Stroll and maybe going to prove that Lance Stroll is only there? Not he's already clearly there because of his dad. But is he going to get shown up by the other driver on his own team? That's what I want to watch from Lance Stroll tomorrow. How does he handle? being on the same team as Nico Hulkenberg. And then how about the Ferrari inter-team competition between Sebastian Vettel and Charles Leclerc? You know, Vettel's really been struggling recently. A lot of it has been car issues. There's a lot of stuff happening this weekend between Nico Hulkenberg, the battle for the best of the rest, the battle between their two Mercedes, Max Verstappen's in there somewhere. He's a great racer. He had a pretty boring race last week or was alone for most of the time because there's no one ahead of him, no one behind him that he could see on the track. So, there's a lot of storylines this weekend. It's going to be great. I'm getting up at 6 a.m. to watch the race tomorrow. The 70th anniversary F1 race. Uh, F1 Grand Prix is what they're calling it. Weird name, whatever. Um, honoring the 70th anniversary, which I, I find that quite touching, actually. And, um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to write an idea. I don't actually care that it's the 70th anniversary. I just It's like, eh, an anniversary. Great. Um, I'm, for the people that do care, good for you. Uh, it's going to be fun, though. I'm going to really enjoy the race, and I think it's going to be one of the better races of the year based on the storylines we have going into the race. Just the most interesting race we've had maybe all season. Okay, Joseph writes in. Joseph says, Hey, Zach, I thought you'd be interesting in knowing a little backstory for an upcoming NBA bubble game. The Pacers are playing the Heat on the 10th, and the last time the teams met, T.J. Warren got ejected after a couple of heated altercations with Jimmy Butler. Warren has pretty much shut down, was pretty much shut down by Butler, only scoring three points, and Butler even called Warren out after the game, calling him soft and saying they weren't on the same level. So the beef has been pretty much brewing ever since. Now that T.J. seems to have caught fire in the bubble, it's going to be interesting to see how that game plays out. Kind of a revenge of sorts. Anyway, just thought you might appreciate the background. Have a good one. Uh, man, Joseph, thank you so much. That's interesting. That makes me want to watch on Monday. On Monday, you have that game, Miami Heat versus the Indiana Pacers. It is at 2 p.m. Eastern time, 5 p.m. West Coast time. Um, and I want to just look at the NBA schedule in general. This, this question made me kind of realize I should probably start talking about what games I plan to watch this week because I do make a list at the beginning of every week and go, these are like the six games I care about. And I want to just share publicly what those games are, tell you what games I'm looking forward to. And then occasionally I make adjustments, like there's a big blowout. And I'm like, eh, like, well, I was going to watch, I watched Celtics-Raptors the other day. And it was pretty boring. Uh, the Celtics dominated the Raptors. And I think a lot of it was because of their height. A lot of it was because these are two teams that are getting ready for the playoffs and maybe don't care as much about this game. It's hard to tell. And so some games I scratch off if they're not interesting. But so far, these are the games I'm curious to watch next week. We already talked about the Heat and the Pacers. Also on Monday, you have the Raptors and the Milwaukee Bucks. And it's possible this will be a Eastern Conference Finals preview. The Bucks are the number one team in the East. Uh, the Raptors are the number two team in the East. You have, I'm curious to watch, I believe OG Ananobi is going to be guarding Giannis in this game. That's the matchup I really want to watch. How does... 
how do the Raptors' defense handle Giannis? That's going to be really fun. I want to watch how Giannis gets guarded by the Raptors, how they handle it. Um, 12.30 East Coast time, 3.30 West Coast time zone. Raptors, Bucks, Monday night. It's going to be great. On Tuesday, 1.30 West Coast time, 10.30 on the East Coast, 10.30 in the morning. You have the Suns and 76ers. I have watched the 76ers multiple times now. I haven't made a video about them because I can't get a read on them. They're such a weird team. Ben Simmons got hurt. Um, we saw, when I watched Joel Embiid, he's so up and down. There are times where he literally just seems often completely unmotivated. And what that could do, the Suns are not a bad team. They have uh, Mikael Bridges, they have DeAndre Ayton, they have Ricky Rubio, and most importantly, they have Devin Booker, who can put up a lot of points. And I would not be shocked if the Suns beat the 76ers and Devin Booker put up a lot of points. And if you like scoring, watch the 76ers versus the Suns. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm excited to watch Devin Booker maybe go off against Philadelphia. Now on Tuesday, Blazers, Mavericks, I guess it's, you know, the last game was also a Tuesday. So I kind of, the, whatever the, the voice thing was, I don't know. But um, 12.30 East Coast time, 3.30 on the West Coast. The Blazers are a game and a half out of the playoffs. So this is a game the Blazers have to win. They just lost to the Clippers. They need to win this game. And it's not going to be easy because the Mavericks are a fun team. They have uh, Luka Doncic. They have Doncic. Excuse me, Doncic. People want me. I mean, people want me to get that clear. Doing my best. Uh, they have Kristaps Porzingis. They have Seth Curry. The Mavericks are a good team, and the Blazers have on their side three good centers, two really small guards. I don't know how they match up with Luka. It's going to be interesting. Uh, Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum. They can hit threes. I am just curious to see how the Blazers do. In fact matchup with Dallas. It feels like the Blazers are going to be a playoff team, and it's possible this is a preview of a rematch we're going to see later down the road, and it's a must-win game for the Blazers. Now, Tuesday night, uh, we have the Pelicans and the Kings. These are two young teams. They're not going to make the playoffs, and it's one of the, it's the second-to-last game of the year for the Pelicans. I believe it's the same boat for the Sacramento Kings. Uh, you know, not to mention the Kings just recently beat the Pelicans 140 to 125. What's interesting about this game is that, well, first of all, whether or not Zion Williamson will play, because Zion Williamson has been, he got, he, he rested the other day. It was kind of weird. It's pretty clear the Pelicans were like, we're not going to make the playoffs. We're going to take care of our players. The Pelicans also have, uh, other than Zion Williamson, they have Lonzo Ball. They have a great bench player, uh, Josh Hart, that I like. And they have Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram is a guy that is such a good young scorer. Probably the most improved player of the year in the NBA. They also have a veteran, J.J. Redick, a guy I love. Gives great effort. Fights really hard. And the Kings are led by a young point guard, De'Aaron Fox. Now, De'Aaron Fox is not the only star on the Kings. But he's the guy I'm really looking forward to watch. Uh, The Kings also have Bogdan Bogdanovich. And he put up 35 points in the Pelicans the other day. The Pelicans-Kings on Tuesday should be fun. Two young teams. They're not playoff teams, but they're interesting because they're young and they got a couple stars. Now, number six, the final game of the week. Uh, There might be a game that stands out that I'm not expecting. If that's the case, we'll do a what we learned from topic about uh, one of those games. But the Raptors and 76ers, again, I've touched on how I don't know what to make of the 76ers. This is a potential playoff matchup between the Raptors and the 76ers. I'm curious how they match up. I want to watch a little bit of the game. I just, the question is what Philadelphia 76ers team is going to show up. I don't know what to expect. I have no idea. 
Um, I, you know, I just watched the 76ers beat the Magic. They were completely uninspired. Again, for half the game, it felt like Joel Embiid was asleep. And I, I, Joel Embiid takes so many plays off. It's a frustratingly low amount of effort. So maybe playing against the Raptors could bring the competitive nature in him out a little bit. And uh, we're likely going to see no Ben Simmons because he hurt his knee. So that's it. That's it, guys. It's uh, Monday. We have Pacers and Heat. We also have Raptors and Bucks on Monday. We have Tuesday, the earlier games, uh, the 76ers and the Suns. Blazers, Mavs also on Tuesday. And the Pelicans, Kings Tuesday night. And then on Wednesday, the Raptors and the 76ers. Those are the games coming up this week. I am excited to watch. Uh, we're 22 minutes in. Last topic of the day, very short. Um, Lewis Hamilton pretty much dominates Formula One. And you know he's won six championships. He's A lot of people hate Lewis Hamilton because he's so dominant in the sport. He races for Mercedes. Uh, I think it's actually cool to see how Mercedes has become great with Lewis Hamilton. They've kind of come up together. And I, I just, I loved hearing about, I did a, there's a Graham Bensinger episode all about uh, Mercedes where it's, uh, it's Nicky Lauda talking about Mercedes and what he did with that team. It's so fun to hear that. But I just want to point out, oh, there's a lot of hate about, for, uh, a lot of hate towards Lewis Hamilton because he wins so much. But I just want to point out that we need to be grateful he's not an arrogant jerk because he's actually, Lewis Hamilton, you can hate him because he wins, but he's actually a great representative of Formula One. I, I've never really heard him say anything that makes me go, oh, he's just full of himself. Ah, he's just a jerk. Um, you know, people hate him because he wins. But I want to point out, Lewis Hamilton seems like a decent guy, and it would be much worse to follow Formula One if Lewis Hamilton dominated, but he was also just an evil, awful, mean jerk. So I'm grateful for Lewis Hamilton. I don't think he gets enough appreciation for that you know, part of him, who he is. And I just wanted to point that out. I, I don't hate Lewis Hamilton the same way a lot of other people do. And um, he's a really, really talented racer. He gets, you know, people put a lot of the credit onto the team. And while, yeah, Mercedes has a great car, it also is worth mentioning, oh yeah, by the way, uh, the guy driving the car, Lewis Hamilton, he's still pretty good. He's still a big reason why they're winning, why they are successful. Um, and I, I just, I don't hate Lewis Hamilton the same way other people do. But again, even if you hate Lewis Hamilton, just be grateful. He's not an arrogant jerk that's constantly mouthing off about how great he is. Guys, that's all I have for today. Very short episode. Uh, my timer says 24 minutes. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you. I'm going to dinner with my family. We're you know, dinner at the house. It's a couple people. Uh, we're not wearing masks, but it's you know, these are all people that are quarantining themselves. Be safe. I love you guys. I miss you guys. What am I saying? I don't miss you guys. I talk to you every day. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow's episode is all about Formula One. And then Monday we'll do some more stuff, guys. Uh, the, TJ, uh, the TJ Watt film analysis is coming. I started watching film for that project yesterday. A lot of good stuff ahead, guys. My name is Zach Schaumler. Thank you so very much. Have a great day. And in case you missed it, I apologize. If you listened to on pa- you heard me talk about a Patreon question, you're like, how do I submit a question? You go to patreon.com forward slash Zach Schaumler. Give a dollar a month more if you want. That's how you get access to submit questions. I pick the best ones that I like. I don't pick everyone, but I do guarantee I look at every single question with my eyeballs. I pick my favorite to read on the show. Guys, that's all I have. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Ba-dum-bum. Bam. We are.